Should billionaires be allowed to fund military missions? I mean, we're already letting them out of paying taxes. They're taking over NASA, public health, farming. Why not the military? Do you feel like speaking out against it? If you do, just make sure you're not using propaganda to coerce people into believing anything that might shake the confidence in the foundation of the U.S. government. All in quotes for very specific reasons. Because now, thanks to our sitting president, all these things can be looked at as a form of domestic terrorism. I'll show you the bill. I'll get into all this and more. Smash that like button, comment below, share the video out far and wide, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and get ready for some Waking Infinity news. Welcome back to Waking Infinity News. I'm your host, Ben Joseph Stewart. Today we're talking about the billionaire Willis Johnson from Tennessee. Willis Johnson has funded the South Dakota National Guard to deploy down to Texas to patrol the border. Okay, and the independent news anchor Crystal Ball is pretty outraged by this. She did a pretty good piece on it that was basically saying, look, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk taking over for NASA. You have people like Bill Gates taking over for farming and public health. Now are we going to have billionaires taking over for the military as almost like a mercenary? Who's calling the shots in this? It's a very interesting story, but really, while most people are getting outraged about this, saying, look, we only see perpetrators of heinous crimes and things that should not be allowed, I'm wondering, where are all the amazingly conscious billionaires? There has to be some. I've met at least one of them, and I know there are at least a couple more. Where are they funding things that, I don't know, could pop the environment back into a good spot without us needing a Green New Deal and the whole Great Reset under the guise of we're doing it for nature and we're doing it for you? So, Let's dive deep into this story. When we hear stories about billionaires funding military missions, most people are left wondering, where the hell is the accountability? Is any of this legal? How do we voice our opposition if now, thanks to a bill that Joe Biden pushed for on his first day in office to call anyone who uses propaganda against the US government a domestic terrorist? This is how free speech is destroyed. You make the category of allowable speech smaller and smaller and smaller, all centralizing around only what's good for the few at the top. My emails. And the message was clear. We can do whatever we want. We can read your personal texts. We can read your personal emails. We can send veiled threats your way to brush you back if we don't like your politics. We can do anything. We're our own country. And there's literally nothing you can do about it. We're in charge. You're not. Orwellian does not begin to describe the experience. It was like living in China. But we should get used to it. Now that the Biden administration has classified tens of millions of patriotic Americans, the kind who served in the military and fly flags in front of their homes, as potential domestic terrorists, white supremacist saboteurs, we're going to see a whole lot more of this kind of thing. You see, when the debts were paid and the United States came out of international bankruptcy in 1999, the holder and trust of the bankruptcy was the United States Postal Service. The United States Postal Service 
was holding the land in title under two have and two hold under allodial title. However, when they came out of bankruptcy, the post office itself lost its authorization to hold land. Therefore, the land itself went into a foreign soil condition of the state. The National Security Agency, which gets its authorization from the U.S. Post Office, which then lost its authorization to exist as a corporation because the United States Post Office came in violation of Title 39, Section 101, Subsection A and Subsection B. For whatever reason, a rogue state came to fruition through the fake presidential election of night of 2000, where the Bush-Gore summary of conclusion of a fake presidential election went to the U.S. Supreme Court. In order to go into the U.S. Supreme Court, you must file a writ of certiorari. Writ is a pronoun, of is an adverb, making certiorari a verb. There's no such thing as certiorari as a verb. And the U.S. Supreme Court at the time in 2000 could only give you an opinion. It could not give you a fact of who a leader was because the guidelines to elect a president ended because the president was the trustee of the bankruptcy. So what they're not telling Tucker Carlson is his authorization to state a claim as a journalist went defunct because the foundation for his employment, his education, was based upon a birth certificate system that lost its ability to exist as an administrative corporation. So Tucker Carlson, to answer your question correct, uh, what, why you're being spied on is you are the foreigner, you have no ability to state a claim because of your birth certificate status, and you are on the foreign soil. So that was Fox News anchor Tucker Carlson, whom I really don't care for, not because of anything partisan, but mainly because of his haircut and the way he talks. Besides any of that, he's saying something that's actually quite valid. He believes he's being spied on, so he made a few calls to find out if that's true. Not only could they not say whether they were spying on him, they couldn't even say, or let's say they didn't say, why they can't even tell him if they're spying on him. And then you saw afterwards that was Russell J. Gould giving his explanation because apparently Tucker is not on the U.S. soil. He's on foreign soil. This is a technicality. We used to call this the United States, but Russell J. Gould is saying that the United States as we know it effectively ended in 1999. This would coincide with Catherine Austin Fitz, who was the Bush senior administration who worked on HUD, which is basically low-income housing, and we showed her on the Ben Stewart podcast as she illuminated that more than $21 trillion went missing from the federal budget. That never hits the news. Catherine is also saying things like, by the end of the 90s, she found out that all the money is basically going to be moved out of the United States and a huge series of events is going to bankrupt the United States, pushing us into a very dire situation where we are no longer the superpower. And this even goes a little deeper. Russell J. Gould is saying that by that time, he was finding grammar fraud in Title 18, Section 1001, 
that pretty much has to do with all elections starting with Gore versus Bush and everyone on from there have been fraudulent. And if you believe any of this, it might make a bit more sense why the fencing around the White House for Biden's inauguration still stands today. Right now, it's being talked about as right-wing camps that are being called domestic terrorists. But just give it a few years, and I bet you the right, the left, and those in the center will all be squarely in that same category if you speak out against any of the powers that be. So... I know I don't make a lot of friends over at YouTube, which kind of sucks because I actually do like the platform. I don't like the censorship. I don't like the shadow banning. I don't like some of the, the politics of it, if you will. But the bottom line is, it's a great platform. It's got a lot of eyeballs. That's why I still use it, even though people are telling me I shouldn't serve it or feed that wolf, if you will. But I still do. And I actually still do believe that there are people in YouTube that may understand what I'm saying. They just probably don't put themselves in the same category as me right now. I'm sure there's a lot of them that absolutely toe the party line and they don't believe a thing that I say. And guess what? I respect all of that. But the bottom line is I've actually gotten really burnt out by talking about conspiracy theories. I was just on the Tim cast again and he was kind of pushing back on a lot of what I was saying, not with evidence of the contrary, but just by saying, I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if there's enough evidence to swing me. That doesn't mean that what I'm saying is wrong. That's really just saying you haven't swung me yet. But guess what? You can lay out a perfect case for somebody who doesn't feel in the moment like they want to be swung or they're not ready to hear what you're about to say. And... All I have to say is, yeah, that's not enough for me. I don't buy it. And people listening that also don't want to buy it, they're in a better position now to be like, yeah, you know, I side with Tim because I don't buy it either. That wasn't enough. Now, that doesn't prove that anything that I'm saying or said on that podcast is right. All that that really shows is that the discussion is still out there. But I get burnt out by this because mainly this is not the kind of stuff that I want to talk about. I really don't care to talk about conspiracies. What I do care to do is bring accountability to the truth of what's out there. And you'll get people like Charles Eisenstein, whom I absolutely love and I believe he knows far more about this than I do. And he says, there is no one objective truth or reality. I actually agree with him. But there are some differences I have with Charles. Now, Charles is probably the closest among three authors that I'll mention to you that are actually getting to points about conspiracy. First one is Jamie Wheel. Jamie Wheel uh, from the Flow Genome Project, he wrote a book just recently called Recapture the Rapture. And in that he talks about conspiracy and he says, basically a blanket statement around conspiracy theories saying that it's all apophenia improperly connecting dots, meaning seeing patterns that aren't really there. You have to connect the dots differently and then you'll see, oh, it's, it's much different. I absolutely agree that that happens. I know that's real. I know I have that, as do we all, but I think it's incomplete. Then you have Jordan Peterson saying, listen, I was in some of these camps and I saw the underbelly and the inner workings of how politics works. It's no conspiracy. There is no conspiracy theory. It's all ignorance and ineptitude that runs the show. But I say, and I've said this before in my show, is that complete? 
because if that's the only thing that's ever happening, that's pretty wild. That's a blanket statement. There is no conspiracy anywhere. No need to look any further. It's all just, we're all just too dumb to govern ourselves. I don't agree. I think it's incomplete. I agree. It's true. There's a lot of ignorance. There's a lot of ineptitude, but it's not complete. Charles Eisenstein, one of my favorite authors in the world. I really mean it. Charles, in his book, Sacred Economics, has this one part about conspiracy. And he's very, very right about what he says. He said, I've read a lot of David Icke talking about the Illuminati, this one singular group at the top that controls all governments everywhere. And everything that we're fed through the news is a lie to distract us from the fact that there is an Illuminati type group at the top pulling the strings of all the puppets and the puppets being the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, the bankers, the life insurance companies, every president, every emperor, all that kind of stuff. So that makes it sound so fantastic. But it's basically what he says is there's more of a metaphysical explanation to this. Yes, there is a conspiracy, but there are really no conspirators. And you'll even hear him making sense of conspiracy on Joe Martino from Collective Evolution's podcast, saying, yes, there are people who are causing harm. Yes, there are people with a lot of power, wealth, and resources that are causing harm, but it's not the right thing to do to point them out. That's not actually going to bring help. Because it's not like bad things are not happening, perpetrated by the controllers of a lot of wealth and power. Yeah, um, I, I think it's generally a mistake to locate the perpetrator in the in the person of individuals uh, atop these organizations. Um, I think that it's much the perpetrator is much more of a collective emergent phenomenon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we, we it's really time for some some humility and maturity in the uh, conspiracy <laughs> sector. <laughs> yeah, I almost completely agree. I do believe there's another way we need to approach it rather than finger pointing with aggressiveness and violence and hopes of exacting some kind of justice, right? I don't believe that's what we need to do. But here's the thing, Charles, I don't know if I would say that is complete. Because then if you read Alison McDowell, you have to say what she's saying is there aren't these actual people in which she is mapped specific institutions with very specific funding channels into very specific agendas. Do we not point any fingers at all? Are these not conspirators? Do they need no accountability whatsoever? We just need to look at the ideologies of neoliberalism and all that kind of stuff. Is that all we need to do? I don't think it's complete because let's be real. There are real people in positions of power pushing real agendas with shields of plausible deniability. That's all you need. Plausible deniability. I don't believe it. Therefore, it doesn't exist. So I want to give an example. Let's say you're on the street and you see somebody getting scammed. It's an elderly person. They don't realize they're getting scammed, but you do. You see it. So if we're just going to sit in the ideologies because there are no real conspirators, that is tantamount to saying you're allowed to point out the scam, but it's wrong to point out who is scamming the person. 
And in that, you could be called a domestic terrorist, potentially, with this new bill that's just been passed. You could be called a domestic terrorist if you put too much focus and attention on the who, right? On the actual agenda, on anything that's called propaganda that would coerce parties to lose their faith in the U.S. government or in a political party. This is real terminology that's too vague to not be put on all of us. It's too vague to not be put anywhere that the conspirators at the top wish. This is why accountability needs to be there. I love the ideas of saying apophenia. Yes, that's true. Ignorance and ineptitude. Yes, that exists. Conspirators or a conspiracy without conspirators. Yes, I do believe in the metaphysical aspect of this. However, that does not mean that there are no conspirators out there or that the conspirators deserve no accountability whatsoever. Meaning you're allowed to point out the scam and stop the scam, but you're not allowed to bring any attention to the scam artist and you need to let them disappear into the woods, right? I don't agree. However, I need to make this perfectly clear and this is the solution I'll leave you with. What is the actual solution here? Do we wish violence against these perpetrators? Absolutely not. Violence only begets violence. Same with hatred, same with even sarcasm. So what I think we actually need to do is focus a lot more on how we conduct ourselves in our facial expressions, in our nervous system, with our intentions, whether or not people can see the truth of our intentions or not. I know sometimes my voice gets loud. I get into some fervor when I'm talking about all the things that are going on in the world. That is something I wish to get better at. I really do. In fact, I've worked on it before sitting here and talking to you. To not get so heated about it, to actually show you that you have more potential than you've ever understood, than I have ever understood. It's this thing you can't really understand. It's beyond comprehension, our potential. We need to tap into that. We need to calm our nervous systems. In that, meditation helps, proper diet helps, Community helps. Sometimes the plant medicine path helps. Sometimes we just need to find some kind of discipline and a practice that centers us and reminds us, we got this. We do. There's still plenty of time. And the news, for the most part, is really just there to heighten your nervous system, to heighten the alert feeling that you must have. News, on the whole, is not here to make you a more calm person. I'm here to help you become more centered and aligned in your nervous system while also seeing what's happening out there, not as some metaphysical, only in your timeline type of reality, but something that is actually growing in its reality because it's becoming a part of our mental reality. And yes, we are projecting it out and holding it as as a more collective reality. So if I haven't lost you already, the greatest point behind this is a lot of what I'm telling you could be false. A lot of it could be true. But the most important thing that you can do is find a way that you yourself can find your own potential, can step into your own power, and do not let anyone, nor this bill that has just come out, scare you away from using your own voice. That is the most powerful instrument 
because it connects to your heart. So use it as such. Go over to benjosephstewart.com. I'm going to go a lot deeper on the details that I showed you here, stuff that I can't show you here. Get involved with the Discord chat, and I'll catch you guys next time on Waking Infinity News. <laughs>